0: CrowPod contains language and themes which may not be suitable for anyone, but what is suitable for everybody is the great stuff from our friends at the Famous Iconic wear for Bears. Go check out thefamousheadwear.co.uk. Great stuff over there, and if you want to win some stuff from them, scroll down, hit the Buy Me a Coffee link in the show notes on this episode that you're listening to right now. We give away stuff from them every single month here on the CrowPod. So check them out, thefamousheadwear.co.uk. Second-end news here for the uh, 28th of September, and it's the last couple days of September. Just a reminder, we are giving away some stuff from The Famous here at the end of the month. If you would like to win some stuff from our friends, scroll down, hit the uh, hit that link in the, in the show notes for the Buy Me a Coffee page, or visit support.thecopelandroad.org. We give away stuff from our friends at The Famous every single month, and we're doing it at the end of this week. I wanted to hop on, I was honestly, I was just cleaning my uh, my fish tank here, or one of the fish tanks, and, and something occurred to me. I don't know why, but you know, it's how the brain works. But you know, we've heard a lot over the past week or so, um, not only out of the club, but uh, of course out of the SPFL, about uh, the, the stakeholders in Scottish football. And we hear so often uh, you know, the, the, this term gets used. This this term gets used all the time. We talk about stakeholders in the sport, stakeholders in the game, stakeholders in the league, stakeholders in the club. And so, so often the, the, the stakeholders that, well, those kind of people are talking about are Cinch, perhaps, or Sky, or any number of the, the, the sponsors that, that Rangers themselves have. I just, I just did a little quick Google search here because, you know, Google finds all. And just typed in Scottish football stakeholders and got back 2.24 million results. And it's funny the consistency throughout this stuff in terms of lip service paid to fans about how, how important they are. How, how they are the true stakeholders in the game. John Bennett last week in his uh, interview with Rangers TV reiterated consistently that, that the fans are truly the owners of Rangers. Uh, we hear this kind of lip service, Dave Cormack and his little, uh, diatribe there about why the television contract is actually a fantastic deal. You guys just don't know what the hell you're talking about. Uh, went back to this sort of a line and yet, you know, let's again, to take Bennett's example, the, the fans repeatedly call for better services what should be easy things for a club of our size to execute a, a proper ticketing website there are literally companies out there that we could contract with tomorrow to have a new ticketing website in place within a matter of weeks one on par with a club of our size rangers tv does not work uh i, I it just it can't be reiterated enough i don't know how many i mean i want you guys to think right now you know if, if you're uh, if you got a ticket office and RTV, and you buy stuff from the Rangers store, and you got Majors and everything else, how many single sign-ins do you have? Quote single sign-ins, do you have, to access that kind of stuff from the club? I get plenty of emails from Castor, uh, or God knows however many other partners, official partners of Rangers, all the time, but uh, it, I I never know which email they're gonna go to. Because of the number of times I've had to, to access, you know, sign up with, with something else, especially with RTV on like a last second thing where one account's locked out. And you're, fuck, all right, you Fuck, I got to change this over to something else here quick. But, you know, the SPFL at large, and again, uh, the, this this is a problem at large, I think. Uh, uh, as me and Peter were talking about on the, the Don't Ask Me No Questions yesterday, our new show there, it's hard to know what... You know, what what of these problems where like, like Rangers is, is a symptom of the problem at large in Scottish football or where we're, of course helping to drive the problem? But the fact that you have to have that question comes back to, well, the, the people in charge of the game, again, you want to pay lip service about stakeholders all the time, but but in reality the ones that you care about are, are the sponsors and people that pay you, even though the fans, of course are the ones by and large that drive revenue especially in a league this small and so you know as i said i did my i did my google search came back with 2.24 million results for scottish football stakeholders and i love to people also ask who sponsors scottish football who owns scottish fc <laughs> who is mike mulraney who indeed but uh you don't have to scroll down too far to go back to uh well, there's a BBC headline here from uh, 2017, November 2017, which I believe would be right around the time the last television contract was signed. And uh, SFA and SPFL survey says stakeholders dissatisfied with Scott's governing bodies five years ago. 16,000 Scottish football stakeholders have heavily criticized those running the game. Many were very dissatisfied with the leadership of the Scottish FA and the Scottish Professional Football League. Both organizations also rated poorly for levels of openness, honesty, and trust, and good governance and transparency. Wow. Five years ago. What what have we been talking about this week with the television contract? What what was Dave Cormack's key phrase in his little piece that he wrote about there on, on the Aberdeen website, talking about that we didn't have uh, facts and context to be able to analyze the television deal? But if we're the most important stakeholders, if the fans are the most important stakeholders in Scottish football, why are we not given that information? Why Why, why do you try to hide behind that as a reason for why we can't have discussions about how fucking bad this television contract is? This, this is from 2017. That deal will run out in 2029. You're talking about 12 years down the line with effectively the same television contract in place. and, and Well, in, in reality as we've said repeatedly here, a worse television contract in place. Inflation is going to far outstrip whatever fucking gains that we just got off the back of that. And again, why would you hand Sky, who have not broadcast all 48 matches available to them two seasons running now, the opportunity to broadcast up to 80? Why would they do that? They don't want the 48 that they have now. So why, why, why would you allow yourselves... Again, I mean, the SFA, the SPFL did this, right? The SPFL and the people in charge, which are the clubs, of course, the chairman of these clubs, the same ones that come out and, and pay us this lip service about how important the stakeholders are, are the ones that made this choice to tie the league to an undervalued contract without going out and putting it to bid by saying, my God, if we do that, no one's there. No one's even entertaining that. That's That cannot be true. And if it is true, it's because of a lack in a bereft leadership You've got Neil Doncaster there again. We're talking about in 2017 how people were sick of it. Neil Doncaster's been there for, what, 12, 13 years now? You talk about the stakeholders being the most important people. And yet overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, those stakeholders responded five years ago and said, you guys aren't doing a good job. Openness, honesty, and trust. There's no openness, honesty, or trust when it comes to this television contract. Good governance and transparency. I think we know both of those are out the fucking window, too. You know, furthermore, again, this is this is not, I don't know, this is second-hand news, but this might be, I don't know, 20th-hand news since this is from 2017, but there, there, there were other results in this survey, of course. Now, again, 16,000 people had responded to this survey, which the, the SPFL and SFA said 99% of them were, were supporters, Okay. of respondents said that the game should be overseen by some sort of independent watchdog, which is pretty fucking sad because that's supposed to be the job of an FA. 90% wanted the Scottish government, which I don't know about this, but wanted the Scottish government to put pressure on football authorities to improve. And 90% also want more supporter influence in the SPFL and SFA. Henry McLeish at the time, who did the same sort of shit in 2010, I want to say, 2010, uh, had said, This challenging independent research into how Scottish football governance is seen has uncovered some concerning issues, but also provides a real opportunity for change. The fact that over 60% of fans say that they could end up leaving the game in the future rings a major alarm bell. Those alarm bells apparently have been ringing... For five years, nope, nobody's nobody's answered the call. Now, at this point, the SPFL came out and had said uh, v- via a spokesperson here, we are all working towards a common goal to grow and improve the game in Scotland and are encouraged by progress in recent years. It's worth underlining that the SPFL's commercial income and revenues back to clubs are at record levels and the attendances last season were at the highest level this decade up 12 percent over the previous season wonder why that could have been around then what what changed suddenly in Scottish football around the time that that would have elevated attendances uh, back up especially in the top flight hmm But the SPFL at this time also wanted to highlight the development of its uh, Supported Liaison Officer program. I'm not going to rag on Marshall because uh, really I don't have to engage with him. But to call that a success five years on, I think is, that's that's a stretch. Definitely a stretch. It's great having those kind of positions, but if it achieves no actual results, then what's the point? I mean, how, how many emails or tweets or something does Greg get asking people or asking from people, why can't we get reasonable accommodation via the ticket office? And the solution that the club came up with was we're going to be open a couple more days a week, but we're going to close at 4 p.m. before you get off work. Again, we talk about stakeholders, we talk about this kind of stuff, but the SPFL, again, asking for, fans asking for uh, uh, openness. Honesty and trust, good governance and transparency five years ago. And the way that the television deal was sold to us, well, not even sold to us, they didn't even try that because they knew it wouldn't it wouldn't fly. The way the television deal was shoved down the throats of fans of Scottish football has no resemblance to any of these things. None at all. And again, that this is this is part of the lip service. You put out this survey, you get 16,000 responses, 99% of them from supporters, who overwhelmingly criticize the lack of openness and transparency and, and the use of input from supporters through the decision-making process that goes on in the governance of this game. Dave Cormack was talking about uh, season ticket, att- match day attendance, like it's the driving factor in in modern sport, like it's the driving factor in the SPFL. I mean, God, I, I don't want to lump this league in with with other similarly sized leagues that have actually grown and developed over the past twenty years. We've been stuck in two thousand two. We we've been stuck in a Roger Mitchell universe for for two decades now. And they they came out and they talk about uh, a twenty twenty nine plan for fifty million pounds in revenue. Again, you've signed a television contract that will be worth less. Again, worth less per match from the front, right? That That is immediate. It is worth less per match right now than it was yesterday, or that was on Friday. But accounting for inflation will be worth far less than it's worth today. So maybe you do reach 50 million pounds by 2029, but it's not 50 million pounds today. It's not 50 million pounds in, in 2017 when you undertook these efforts, I mean, I, I, I don't know what the solution is, obviously, because any, any effort undertaken by supporters writ large in Scottish football works to exclude us, right? And, and when those efforts, again, this is, this is one of the underlying problems. This is something that we come back to on all the shows, all the podcasts, whether it's me, David, any of the other guys out there, that every time Scottish football goes to the negotiating table, or sits down to have conversations about stuff like this, they actively exclude the biggest part of their product, the biggest fan base in their product, the biggest global fan base in their product, and the biggest part of their product, the club that has been the two European finals in one generation, the club that that carried the coefficient back to the point where we have two clubs in the group stages of the Champions League. We have provided these other clubs with opportunities in Europe that they never would have had, never would have had. And instead of engaging with Rangers, instead of the supporter, uh, I don't know, think tank sessions, whatever the fuck you want to call them, inviting us in, the, the the first step is to figure out how to exclude us from any point in that conversation. And until that gets fixed, none of this gets fixed. I mean, you do have to give Stuart Robertson credit, Dave King, good at this, but again, you know, set aside any other concerns that we have about any of them. Good at going to bat on this kind of stuff, but the problem is to follow through because when we acquiesce to these I don't know backward looking solutions, then we just perpetuate the problems that are holding us down as a club and holding us back as a club and we we've been to two European Finals in 14 years operating in this system with the shit that we had to go through in the decade in between. That's incredible imagine if we had an actual governing body and system that worked. Imagine had the SPFL and SFA taken what they learned from this survey in 2017, what they learned from McLeish in 2010, and implemented it. You, you know, they, 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 they came out and said that we, we actually took 95% of the recommendations laid down by Henry McLeish in 2010-11 in and, and implemented them. Bullshit. That's absolute horseshit. And again, because there's no transparency and openness and accountability for that, you can't actually hold them to it. And because the SPFL is so good at, uh, well, you know, again, we, we kind of put it into a abused spouse analogy. I mean, I did, Peter did, David did, Be, because it's it's true. Where, where are you going to go without us? That's not that's not development. That's not growth. That is, people in charge of this game, they're perfectly content with where they are. That's Neil Doncaster being there for 12, 13 years now, pulling in 400,000 pounds a year. The man has gotten filthy rich off the back of, quote, running Scottish football. Even though every single thing, every single development package, television contract, sponsorship agreements, everything else, he farms out to some consultancy group. He doesn't do it. And he's the CEO, In an organization this small, he should be the one out there leading this. That is his remit. That is his job. And he does not do it. And he is still allowed to sit there by the decision makers, by the stakeholders, the actual stakeholders in Scottish football that allow this to happen. Because if it was up to the stakeholders that they pay lip service to, he would have been gone a long time ago. And so again, I I, I don't know what the solution is. Because until we're allowed to sit at the table, until... Our voice actually, you know, aligns with how important, how big of a part of Scottish football we are. None of this will ever get fixed. You know, again, Spain years ago figured out, hey, if we let these two clubs kind of go out and uh, make us all a shit ton of money, we might be better for it. Other teams win the league in Spain now. Other teams go to European finals as other teams win European finals in Spain. Holland does the same thing. The Irdevisi does the same thing. The big clubs get to make the bulk of the decisions, get to lead discussion around the bulk of the major decisions, the major revenue decisions that impact the whole football system. And look at their television contracts compared to ours. Look at their marketing and sponsorship agreements compared to ours. We get told about how great cinch is, but then we turn around and find out how much they're giving to women's football down in England. If it's not growing, it's because of the people in control. And they've been there for years and allowed to fail. Because again, everything they say about stakeholders and all this other shit means nothing if the stakeholders don't actually have any influence. If you don't provide them with honest information and then allow them to have input on the decision-making processes through the organization, through the sport, through they, they, look, we're the consumers of the product. It's it's always so fucking backward when you hear these people. Again, Dave Cormack was not talking about how do we improve this for the people that actually pay for it. Sky gives them money, but we're the ultimate consumers of the product. And overwhelmingly, people engage with Scottish football in terms of watching matches either on television or by streaming service. It's not asses in the seats. It hasn't been that for decades. And it's such a backward-looking, just, just asinine philosophy to go about with that kind of mindset and building these new agreements. Again, we're, we're talking through the end of this decade now that we're tied to. So who are the stakeholders? I, I don't know. It's not us. That's that's obvious. Scottish football, I think, needs to come out with a real answer to that question and then actually fulfill its obligations to the actual stakeholders in this sport we're coming back tomorrow with crow pod explains america me and colin are going to look at franchise shifts in uh american sports say hey, there's an app topic right here people who just don't give a fuck about their fans uh, obviously a trend that's gone back uh well a number of decades now so we're, we're going to be doing that one tomorrow regular crow pod is coming back on tuesday the full show with me and david and uh peter york is still here todd Still in Italy, so he will be back sometime, I don't know, the first first week of October so. We get the Canadian back. And again, we are giving this stuff away from the famous here at the end of the week, right? Or the end of the month, whatever. I, I, I can't keep track of the days right now. But uh, all you got to do, if you want to get entered, go down and hit the Buy Me a Coffee link in the show notes, wherever you listen to this right now, or you go to support.thecopelandroad.org. Sign up, name goes in the hat. You can win some good stuff from our friends over there. If you want to go buy some stuff, it's getting cold, folks. Go get your scarves and your hats before they start selling out. So you go to thefamousheadwear.co.uk. But that's it. Thank you, guys. Be safe. We'll talk to you soon. Some people call me the space cowboy. You can't even be fucking serious at all.